Hello, you're listening to Roll Plus Heart. My name's Jen Blundell, and with me as always are... Bex Watson playing Fairly Weaver. Sarah Keep playing Grace Tamblin. And Helen Glaffney. <laughs> Glaffney? Who? Wow, we've got a special guest on today, Helen Glaffney. <laughs> up your own name is a real first. Yeah, it is. Like, I just panicked because I couldn't remember the name of my character and then my mouth didn't <laughs> I also thought I couldn't remember but I pulled it out at the last second. Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think that's called CBD kombucha. Ah, it only took an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. <sighs> and I'm Helen Gaffney playing Anita Thixton. Is that how I normally do it? Yeah, I'll do. I'll do. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you all remember fuck. exactly what we did last session, but just in case you don't, you solved the mystery of Kenneth Barton, whose body was found on the cliffs below Bovril Castle. After investigating various suspects who were staging the play A Midsummer Night's Dream at the castle, you made the dramatic arrest of Colin Bournes, who, after holding Anita hostage for a second, was convinced to let her go and was tackled to the ground, but not before giving Fairley a slap around the face with his spanner. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't intend Be to say it that way. if it was. <laughs> Also, it put into uh, a really weird angle my my conversation with uh, Fairly afterwards. Don't sacrifice like yourself like that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth Re- it. Really change that that scene yeah. entirely. <laughs> uh, your good friend Kevin had been unfairly and prematurely arrested for the murder, and you were able to free him from the police station. Hashtag justice for Kevin. Justice for Kevin. But not before Officer Chebatari passed you something, Grace, with an urgent look in her eyes before being called away by uh, Inspector Haig. Okay, enough recapping. Time to get into today's mystery. I did meet my love on a summer's day when she walked out from the sea. She did steal my heart away with a copper hair and a face so blue and her eyes as bright as flames. And she said to me, come on, little soldier boy from a land so far away. Take my hand and let us dance on the sands of Bovril Bay. Fairly. Yes. Everything is dark except for the faintest gleam of distorted moonlight far above you. Too far above you. Water presses in up your nose and down your throat and you are drowning. Your ears buzz with the sound of water, your own pulse, and a song you know you've never heard before, yet one that sounds so... familiar. I followed my love on an autumn day when we walked into the sea. She did steal my mind away with her copper hair and her face so blue and her nails as long as thorns. And she said to me, come now, little sailor man, on these shores you'll stay. Take my hand and let us feast on the cliffs of Bovril Bay. Fairly, you try to swim upwards but the currents are too strong. They pull you down, down towards the depths, down into impossible, crushing darkness. The voice sings up to you from below. I clung to my love on a winter's day as the waves swept over my head. She did steal my flesh away with a copper hair and a face so blue and her teeth as sharp as blades. And she said to me, come now, little would-be king, I shall have my way. Take my hand and watch me rise from the pit of Bovril Bay. Fairly, you feel hands around your waist, and you twist around frantically in the water, and there, in the last glimmers of light, you see Anita smiling at you gently. I'd like you to roll the night move plus reason, please. I rolled a seven and I have a plus two, so that's a nine. Nine makes it a partial success. This doesn't feel right, though. 
bubbles burst forth from your mouth as you try to scream to her, but she just continues to grin, and her nails dig into your sides. Winter shall last forevermore Once my love is risen again She did steal me clean away With a cup of hair and a face so blue And a hunger never ending And she said to me, come now fairly You must stand, though you may be old Take up now my outstretched hand And follow me down Fairly, you wake up. The room is dark except for a streak of moonlight across your pillows. Your body is drenched in cold sweat, and the only sound is of Anita snoring gently in the bed beside you. Are you afraid? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very okay. much so. <laughs> Could you please roll the night move plus composure? I'm rolling real well, and I don't know if I enjoy that. Uh, it's a 12. <laughs> a 12, Okay. I'm going to say you feel that something, you know, something is trying to get to you. You know that that was a dream and you don't know why, but it sets you on edge. So I'm going to give you the condition, am I being watched? So you're going to take disadvantage on composure. I'd ask you a question though. Would you wake up Anita? No, no. Um, I think ordinarily she might, but between strange things happening or seeing strange things when she was awake... And the really unsettling nature of this dream, she almost feels like it it would be worse to share it. It wouldn't be one of these things where telling someone else would make you feel better. Mm. It would just make you feel like you were getting other people involved. Okay. All right. This is a very personal fear then. Yes. You've had a few visions at this point. You're probably getting a sense of that there's something out there. But uh, Fairly wants to face this alone. Okay. Right. Fine. Um, enough horror. Time for some cozy scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yay! It's the morning. <laughs> Yay! It's, it's the morning time. after the events at the castle. Sure, things got a little weird, but you aren't so easily shaken from your daily routines, are you? Uh, I'd like you each to narrate a short vignette for me, showing your Maven enjoying her life in Brindlewood Bay, or at least trying to, such as doing a hobby or helping with a community project or working around her home. Is this cozy based though? Does it have to yeah, it's like cozy activity. It doesn't have to be your cozy activity. This can be just your maven being a normal person, but uh, but cozy. Who would like to go first? Uh, sure, I will. Go on, go on. The one awake person on this call. <laughs> <laughs> I've been taking notes, Madame. Okay, Madame, Madame, Madame. Um, well, damn, I've been taking notes, Madame. Um, okay, so Anita. <laughs> is gonna be down sexy alley because <laughs> okay. um, i remember sexy alley yeah south sea alley so for the record for those who didn't listen to our uh, session zero which you showed on patreon um uh we did little world building and there was we decided there was an alley in the center of town called south sea alley officially but that is informally known by everyone as sexy alley Mm-hmm. Because it's because, where all the prostitutes used to hang out. Yes, yes, it is where all the sex workers used to work sex. <laughs> to ply their trade. <laughs> I guess. But thank you, ply their trade. They always say that in like history documentaries. The, the sex mm. workers would ply their trade. And you're always like, well, yeah. that's a bit of a euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so she's going She's going to go um, to a cafe and just have a little cake and a little no. coffee. And just, you know, watch people, you know, watch people walking past and see if she can pick up any gossip and, you know, talk to the uh, owner of the cafe and see what, what she knows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get, do you think you get any good gossip? Now, can I remember any of the names of any of the characters we've used prior to now? That's the question. <laughs> Ooh, um, well, there's Kevin, obviously. Um, there's George. various people in your book club group. That could be fun to have a little bit of gossip Judith. about someone. Okay, yeah, Brighton. I know, I know, I know. Um, Mel- Melanie <laughs> Melanie Brune um, 
has apparently been having an affair with um, from the polycule. Yeah, having an extra How? extra polycule affair. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm not she needs saying to do some work. like yeah, she needs to do some work on herself. She's she's been you know having an affair with a gardener. Oh, nice. And not like a landscaper, but like a gardener is in someone who sells all the roses and stuff like that. Okay, all right, I see. Someone who runs the local garden centre. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all right, nice. And uh, what kind of cake? What kind of cake do you choose? Uh, it is a carrot cake. Nice choice. Okay, yeah. nice, lovely. Um. A nice time. Yeah. I love that your cozy activity is eating cake and gossiping, and like people watching. Yeah, I and mean that's, watching, that's my yeah. that's my actual cozy same, activity. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> Without the gossiping, because I don't talk to anyone. But still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like to make up. I like to sit um, imagine and make up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah imagine gossip about people. Um, who'd like to go next? Grace will go to her volunteer role at the local library. Stacking books and helping people, mostly kids, with recommendations. and But mostly, normally it is a almost meditative experience, but today she is just so paranoid. Every time someone walks in, it's look over the shoulder, mm. sort of eye them suspiciously and then get back to stacking the books. Yeah. At some point outside the window of the library, you hear the like squawk of a, um, a police radio and it sort of sets you on edge for a second. What's, uh, what, what book do you tend to rec- recommend to the kids? Uh, have you seen Are my you just going for the classics? by John Classen? Classic. Fabulous. Very good book. Best book. Best yeah. book. Bought that for a small child in my life recently. I read that to children in Japan for some reason. They had that book. It's a very good book. It, I it's actually, an odd choice though. You know what? I'm not going to go on a tangent. <laughs> And that's personal growth. <laughs> okay, cute, very nice, fairly. Oh, also, at the li- does the library have a big Amanda Delacourt section? Of course, since you've been volunteering now. there. Yes. Uh, one that I've sort <laughs> yeah. of personally stocked with some of my order copies. Oh, okay, <laughs> cute, very nice. Yeah, and every time anyone asks for an, an adult rec- asks for a recommendation, you're, you're sort of gently steering them back yeah. towards these ones. Well, there is this book on um, C++, but have you also considered <laughs> a, great, <laughs> a great yarn? Um, okay, Fairly. Fairly is staying in her home. She is kind of undertaking what is a cosy but fairly like personal and significant ritual for her, which is going through the house and carefully oiling and re-waxing all the furniture that her husband made during his lifetime that's in the house. Just the bits that need it, you know, making sure that there's no scratches or anything and that she kind of cover them up if there are. And so as she works, just quite quietly, she's probably got classic FM on in the background. Good choice. Um, as, As she works, every so often as she passes by a mirror or a reflective surface her reflection lingers for a moment longer than it should before darkening to nothing. Creepy. Cool. Um, That's very nice. No further questions, my honour? Your (laughs) honour? My (laughs) honour? My My honour? Yeah, I'm the judge here. Yes, I thought you'd done it intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) I am Judge Judy and Executioner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So play nice or I'll kill you all. So as this is the night before, the day after the night before, or the day after the day before, I'll just quickly recap for the audience that a couple of you have some conditions that are left over. Grace has the condition um, being watched by the police force in particular. And Fairley has a cool new cut on her face that's going to leave a scar. Mm -hmm. And also you did have the condition slightly shaken. I don't know whether you'd feel that that had disappeared by now which you could argue it had. Honestly, I don't. I probably think it's got worse. <laughs> okay. Because you currently also have the condition, am I being watched? Which yeah. mean, means that you are at three conditions now. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I'm going to let you know next time you take a condition, you have to take a crown instead. Okay. Okay. Just so we know. Now we're all on the same page. Um, you all took a couple of level ups uh, and pr- you all leveled up as well. So you all took stuck a point in something else. 
Um, and that's the fans who love the crunch and the numbers. So mm-hmm. hope you're satisfied. Enjoy, enjoy this crunch. <laughs> For my people out there who love numbers in games. Yeah. There you go. They stuck a number <laughs> in oh, a stat. Shit. I'll stick <laughs> a number in your stat. Come on now. Mm. Filthy. Absolutely filthy. Filth. Don't tease them this way. Grace, you've spent the morning volunteering at the library. An important part of your week, they wouldn't have managed without you. Now you've got back home, I imagine it's mid-afternoon and you sit down at the table and you remove from the envelope again the voice recorder and the brass key that Officer Anna Trebatari handed to you in a panic late last night as you went to the police station to accompany Kevin. Are you going to listen to it on your own? Are you going to listen to it with the other mavens? I would listen to it on my own first because what, what if it's nothing? I wouldn't want to waste other people's time if it was just nothing. Aw. Yeah, it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. So you sit down at your... I guess you have a... Do you have a, a small kitchen? I imagine you've got a small kitchen with a little, like... Like a little fold-down table in the corner that you can sit at and eat your meals or whatever. I, that's how I'm imagining in there. No? In my house? Yeah, in your house. What's... what? Where do you... Where, where are you sitting? I think it's just a normal table. I think... Oh, I, I just, I meant like a bifold table. Like I've got like, um... Oh, okay. I Where thought, do you sit? I thought you meant like, a table, that, I you meant like a table that would fold from the wall. I was like, that feels too, <laughs> oh, no. that feels too small. That feels retro. Yeah. That feels retro. <laughs> yeah. There's like a yeah. combination kitchen dining room where the table's in the middle and then the sort of work surfaces surround it. Um, so I would, nice. yeah, sit at that table and just sort of listen to your voice recorder. Mrs. Tamblin, I don't have long. I saw something, something weird, and I need, I need someone to know. I went down to the morgue to ask the coroner something about the case at the castle, and the door was not all the way closed, and I saw inside to it. There were four, maybe five of them, and they were standing around the body, and they were wearing these white masks, and they were... What is it when, when you talk whilst you're singing, like, like an old monk? chanting they were chanting and one was cutting a shape into the chest of the corpse and i couldn't understand them well but i think i think they were calling themselves the midwives of alabion the midwives of albion maybe but what i did hear clearly i heard them say she will rise and feast again they said that again and again and they seemed happy but like a happiness that I am very afraid of. But then they stopped and a couple of them began to lift off their masks and I saw them. I saw the man we had arresting for killing the painter woman, Miss Miss Hill, and I saw one of the men I told you about today, Palmer, 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 who was at the castle. There were more of them, but they began to move towards the door and so I panicked and I was running and I bumped into the inspector and he had this look in his face and his eyes seemed so dark. You have to help me, Mrs. Tamblin. You have to help this town. Something bad is happening. I know it. I can feel it. His eyes were so dark. I took this key from a locked drawer in his desk. I hope it can help you. Solve this, please, before... So, today's mystery is going to be a little bit different. Rather than solving a murder, today I need you to solve the mystery of what the fuck is happening in Bovril-upon-Sea. Bovril. So far, you know three things. (laughs) Bovril-upon-Sea. Bovril. (laughs) Bovril. So far, you know three things. There's a shady organisation who call themselves the Midwives. They are working to summon something. These people are powerful and they are dangerous. For this mystery, you'll need, still need to collect clues, but instead of trying to find the identity of a murderer, I'll need three pieces of information. The time, location, and manner of the final ritual needed to summon whatever is being called forth. Solving the mystery will mean that I'll give you an opportunity to stop the ritual and defeat the midwives. You'll need six clues. Six. But there's only three bits of information and we need six clues? That's bullshit. Minimum. Minimum? Well, 
your challenge rating is six. No, your challenge rating is six. You can get do less and is just it? roll the disadvantage. Two clues, yeah. two clues per do. Yeah, yeah. Two mm-hmm. clues per do. <laughs> two clues per do. <laughs> I want to be loved by you, just you. Two clues per do. That's very good. Oh, no. Troubling vibes today, troubling vibes. Officer Chabataria has given you some leads. I'll recap them now, just in case. She mentioned the midwives, multiple individuals. She saw the faces of a couple of them. She positively identified Mr. Barkley, who you arrested for the murder of Melinda Hill. She positively identified Mr. Palmer, who was identified by her as a suspect for the murder of Kenneth Barton. And you highly suspect Inspector Haig and the upper ranks of the police and prison forces. You've also been given a brass key that was found in the desk um, and a locked drawer of the desk of Inspector Haig. So I'll give you a quick reminder of some of the key rules. You can gather clues any way you want by talking to suspects, poking around places, doing research, whatever you want. And I'll give you a clue. You can use crowns to negate the worst effects anytime you roll badly. One crown gains you an improvement by one outcome level on your roll. So a fail turns to a mixed success, a mixed success to a full success. And a full success could become a 12 plus success. If you ever get four conditions, instead of taking the fourth condition, you must put on a crown fairly. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) I'm fine. Um, You can call on items from your cozy place to gain an advantage on a roll, as long as you can justify how that item helps you in the moment in, in story. And if you need to get rid of conditions, you have to have an intimate scene with another maven relating to your cozy activity, and it has to be an appropriate condition. Um, in doing so, you also gain a clue, which is something I forgot about, I think, the first time we did this. Oh. But it is actually a way to get a clue. Worth bearing in mind. Worth bearing in mind. So if you do need to get rid of a condition fairly. Um, <laughs> I don't know what be... you mean. <laughs> <laughs> not, like, sorry, any of you in general. <laughs> if one of you were to need to get rid if of a condition. If one of you were hypothetically to need to get rid of a condition. Okay. All right. So uh, what are you going to do with this information, Grace? Grace would listen to that tape two or three more times. I was thinking whether to record it onto my phone via a voice message just in case, but I think it's I think it's fine. I don't think there's I think if I have the information, losing the tape in some form wouldn't yeah. be detrimental. So no. I but I'll still Uh it's not yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's not like you're about to take this uh, piece of evidence to the, to the police yeah, exactly. or something. Is this it? is just for us free. Yeah. So I would, um, I would yeah. still be very careful with it when I put it in my bag, and then I would power walk down the hill. To <laughs> still refusing to take a taxi. Yeah. Well, now, now definitely refusing okay. to take a taxi. I, what mm-hmm. if I can? I don't know if I can trust that taxi driver. Where they're going to take me? I can trust my feet. Okay. I'm walking there. <laughs> okay. Um, you pass a couple of um, bobbies on the beach as, as you walk. Yeah. I cross the road. Some real intense vibes from you today. And you get the feeling that they're looking at you. You're not sure if you're just being paranoid about it, but they're definitely watch, uh, looking at you. And one uh, one set seems to look at you and then say something into a, the radio on his shoulder. You're not sure if they're talking about you. But. Normally I would be sassy and I'd be very confrontational, but I'm head down, power walking, moving fast. That song that goes like Ace's that. Passing. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Moonfast. <laughs> Great. So you arrive. Are you going to um, Fairly? We're last night. Were you two um, Anita and Fairly sleeping at Fairly's house or Anita's house? We did say we took turns, didn't we? So I, I yeah, suppose so you'd be at my house. Yeah. My house is significantly smaller and cosier. Well, not cosier. It's, it's notoriously cold from the first episode. <laughs> Which the estate agent will describe as cosier when you go yeah. to sell it one day. Cosier. Not in the warm yeah. way. Cosier in... It's small. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a two up, two down, if I recall correctly. There's aggressive knocking on your door. All right, all right. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. So um, Anita will rush to the door. Hey, what's up, Grace? As soon as the door is open, Grace is through the door and into your living room. Bloody hell, you don't wait for any man, do you? No words. Record it out onto your coffee table. I think you need to listen to this. 
I say for narrative uh, convenience, Fairley's probably come back. She spent a morning in her own house mm. to feel a bit more in herself and then was like, I still want to sort of have that human connection to make me feel a bit more, a bit less alone. Maybe it was tonight you were supposed to be sleeping at Anita's house, so you've come over early yeah, in time, for, time for an early tea um, so you can go to bed way, at 6pm. I think she's probably <laughs> taking care of Anita's, I want to say criminally neglected houseplants, am I wrong? No, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> They're a love match. Doing her best with those. So I think she just comes in with from like a different room with a with a spray bottle and it's like, what what's wrong? You uh you you sound a bit uh shaken. Yeah, tense one might say. She just presses play. She does she thinks that any information that she could give would just be superfluous. And then now you two are up to date with what was played previously, so we don't have to reestablish it. And go. <laughs> I think as the recording goes on, Fairly kind of reaches out to put the spray bottle down, misses the table, kind of <laughs> drops the bottle, doesn't even seem to notice, and sits down, just kind of staring at nothing. I pick it up um, because, as we've established, I'm the least freaked out of any of us. So I'm, I'm, mm. I'm listening and I'm interested, but I, I, it's not. I don't have any context for this at all. Fairly. After it finishes, I guess there's kind of a, a, a brief silence and then fairly as I thought I was I was imagining or I've I've seen them. The the white masks. Where where? Out of the corner of my eye, once in the art gallery, I was sure that I saw someone and then no, it was nothing. But that night as I arrived home she will rise that's what they said to me from behind this mask and then when i turned back nothing there was there was nobody there and i thought i must have been overtired or caught the sun i i've felt i've felt recently like something is going on here that's bigger than these small crimes though i hesitate to call murder small ever but Anita's rubbing her back. Not in the nasty way she did with Maeve. <laughs> yeah, a uh, genuinely caring. Maeve. Yeah, back genuinely rubber. caring back rub this time. I I kind of understand why you didn't tell me about any of this, but I would have preferred if you did. Well, I didn't want to worry you when I thought it was nothing, and then I thought it was when I thought it was more than something. I didn't want to get you involved if it was just just me, but clearly it's it's not. Well, it sounds like something big is going on. What's this? What's this key? Did did she say anything to you about, about it other than that she found it? No, it belongs to Haig, and I'm guessing. I mean, it looks old. It looks out of place, which is probably why she took it. It almost certainly unlocks something old in the town. The midwives of Albion. Ah. I feel such a such a strange name. Perhaps there might be some record if this is some secret society or local group. Perhaps we might be able to find some record of them, who they are, what they do. I feel very strongly that whatever they're planning is not going to be good. Not for us. Not for Bovril. Bovril. Not for... It's Bovril, darling. Not for... Maybe... Even the rest of... Well, I don't want to be dramatic. Perhaps I can go to the the local archives, local newspapers, go back, see if it's some one of these strange old institutions or societies that gets half forgotten. I, I feel like we must find them. I, I feel like we must. Grace, you, you uh, volunteer at the library, don't you? Isn't, isn't, is there a reference section there? The local library is usually the place that has all of the old local newspapers, yeah. right? Yeah, you know yeah. what? Yours has got a cracking old reference section. And you know what? Usually, usually you have to like pre-book those out like a week in advance. But I think fairly with your connections, you could probably get access to them on the day if you want. Yeah. I mean, I think that's Fairley's only thought and plan of how she could possibly... Oh, sorry. Grace with her connections. Yeah. I thought what you were <laughs> so, so, Fairly's you know connections I mean. was me. 
Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. True, um, true. I think that's that's Fairley's main thought on how she might be able to kind of gain some kind of handhold on this mystery and who these people are. I think she's just very focused on they just have to find them somehow. Cool. So that's a lead you're going to follow. Uh, are you all going to go together or is anyone going to go look for something else? Depending on what you guys want to do and what kind of lead you want to follow, we might all be able to do things in vaguely the same area. So rather than like properly splitting up, maybe the library is next to something else where you want to go to. So we're, you know. Or I wonder if, if we get information from the reference section, if we get enough clues that have different directions. Yeah, maybe we, we go to the reference go section together them. and then we can... Engage in slightly different activities Yes, there. exactly. That can be our jumping off point because at the minute we just have a key and some bad some people names. some names palmer yeah and a guy that's meant to be in prison but i don't know where, where i would go for that information other than oh maybe his art gallery let's go to the reference first okay yeah, i think so so you're i'm gonna say it's this is sort of mid-afternoon it's it's getting it's like 4 p.m so you've probably got an hour left at the library you head on over down into the center of town Bovril Library, I imagine, is in one of those old 60s buildings. It's, you know, it's not in one of the beautiful like, old ones. It's an old uh, 60s council a really, building. A, a really cloudy glass front. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's that dark, ugly dark brick that, like, weirdly it gets, like, you've got it's to find just the right time. shade of brick to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's too dark. Um, um, yeah, it's got, you know, faded carpets but it serves the community. It's got some nice space and they do have a little board up with some proposals for how they're going to re-envisage the space to make some room for people to use computers more. Oh my. Um, <laughs> and you head on in. The young woman at reception waves to you, Grace, you were in there just this morning. You all know each other. Are you just going to lead them straight through to the reference section? You yeah, probably got us. You probably have a key. Yeah, I look over at Bethany, the receptionist, and I, I think for a second, is that someone I can trust? I, uh, I feel like it is, but I just still give them a polite wave rather than explain anywhere I'm going, and then just keep plowing forward to the reference section. Cool. You head on in. They have some reference items out in the main uh, library, but I imagine some are also kept back in storage and have to be brought out on request. There's a there's a back room with a like a microfiche reader yes, that you just there's a microfiche to- reader. <laughs> you have to request to use it. <laughs> so you head to the back and you have um, a fun microfiche experience. <laughs> we have a microfiche Fuck montage. Yes. Microfiche We're fairly montage. looking through old local newspapers, but also kind of. Uh, maybe like town hall records, that kind of thing. Just looking for those mentions in people founding groups or attending meetings and that kind of thing to see if the name comes up. I'm going to try looking at maps as well, just to see if there's any, like, how old certain buildings are, you know, because it's an old looking key. Like to see what buildings have been in sort of Bovril the longest and stuff like that. Okay. Maps key. Grace, will you be do, doing a separate meddling thing or are you going to be just hanging around? <laughs> I'm <laughs> making chit chat with the reception. I feel like Grace to... is showing us how the machines work. <laughs> is, yeah. is there uh, an assisting mechanic in this game? No, there, is, there is no assist I'll do my mechanic. Own thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no assist mechanic because if you fail at a role, you are encouraged to take crowns to bump the roll up a level if. So there's no assist. There's just other mechanics for dealing, you know, for avoiding a bad roll. You're going to do your own thing? I mean, I said it, but I didn't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, for now, Fairley and Anita, can you give me some meddling rolls with reason, please? Noah should have put points in reason. I'm so glad I put my extra point into reason. Look at us. Noah should have. doing research. I didn't. I'm a fool. Uh, Ten. Nine. So, um, Helen, you will find a capital C clue Ooh. and <laughs> uh, fairly you're going to find a clue, but there'll be a complication. I'm prepared to lean into this. Someone and just, get in a crowd. I'm prepared to <laughs> lean into this and just fully lose my mind. <laughs> ah. Now, you can intentionally take a crown if you would like to bump oh, yeah. the roll up a move. To I'll a full success it. and avoid a condition, but it's kind of a redundant. Take a crown either way, probably, right? Yeah, I have to take a crown possibly. if I get a condition. So. so you might as well. Anita. Yeah. 
you're looking at the maps and you've got this key next to you, like lay down, you spread some maps out on the table and you've got the key. And I think you're going to be poring over old maps and stuff isn't, stuff is sort of familiar. You're patching it up with your current memory of, of what uh, Beauvrel upon sea looks like. And you spot a, you know, things are marked with different symbols than you might expect. You've got this one particularly old map that's got all these slightly obscure symbols on it. And there's one in the place of the castle that catches your eye. And you wonder why it catches your eye for a second until you look a bit closer at the brass key and realize that it has a matching symbol upon it. Okay. So there is your clue. I'm just trying to decide what condition, what complication I want to give you. Well, I took a crown to bump it up to a full success. Oh, you're taking the crown to bump it up? Okay. That's well, fine. Well, because I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. because, well, so, unless. <laughs> you're going to take, you might, unless I don't give you a condition, in which case you might not get one. Uh, I mean, true. But, but what happens when, once you've okay. already got, <laughs> like, is it just now whenever I take a condition, I have to take a crown? Or does that just happen once? I mean, I guess so until, because you are incent, the game is intentionally incentivizing you to do a cozy scene with another maven. So it wants you to do these. So yeah, you'll keep taking crowns instead of conditions. Cool. Until you take some time to talk about your love for gin in a way that calms you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What I'm going to do is a mechanic, which is the way that Brindlewood Bay is actually supposed to work in this sort of pulpy TV way that it's supposed to be. I'm going to say... You can keep your nid roll, your partial success, and you will find, I'll give you a clue first, and then I'll give you your choice, which is, and your clue is that you find a microfiche that catches your eye. The headline is probably entitled Killer Cult Bloodbath at Mansion. Ooh, good headline. Okay. Dope headline. Yeah. Sounds like <laughs> it's the a, It's a bit of a rag, this paper, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the story you read is about an incident at the old Bovril Manor where police were called to a scene after screams were heard from inside the manor following a meeting of an organization known as the Albion Society. Police surrounded the building um, so that no one could escape, but when they entered, they found an abattoir in the cellar of the manor, the walls covered in blood, body parts all over, and no killer. Oh. Nice. Okay. So that is your capital C clue. And the complication, which you can choose to avoid happening if you put on a crown, is that you're going to uh, hear a sharp rap on the door, the squawk of a police radio, and the gruff voice of Inspector Haig say, open up. So that can be, you can allow that condition to happen, that complication to happen, or you can, or you can... I'm I'm gonna go ahead and um, after some some gentle suggestions from my fellow <laughs> mavens, um, very gentle, and myself, I'm gonna go ahead and and take the crown because I think that would be Bad. a deeply cool. difficult and dangerous situation to get out of. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might have I might have I might have been fine with it if it wasn't Inspector Haig. If it was just like a police person. A police. Maybe. But <laughs> Inspector Haig feels like... Oh no, like it's a police. A it's a police. Yeah, a police. A singular police. Uh, so I will put on uh, the crown of the void that is the chariot. So my reason mm-hmm. modifier is reduced by one and my sensitivity modifier is increased by one. Oh. Okay. Right. And Trigway. So I'm starting to go a little bit mad. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So much for putting an extra point into reason. It's now well, immediately gone again. Better than having a negative, <laughs> though. True. I mean, it would have still been just a zero. Okay, you have two clues. Uh, you're in this room together. There was no inspect. There was no policeman at the door. After all, you hear a knock. You thought for a second it was the sound of Inspector Haig. And then you actually realise it's not his voice after all. It's just a guy saying, oh, sorry, sorry, I thought it was the toilets. Um, and then they leave. I think Fairly absolutely doesn't know how to do anything with this microfiche machine. Um, so it's just making neat notes in block capitals in a uh, in a notebook. But she kind of rests her pen down. She, I think she visibly jumps at the knock on the door, looks a little panicked and then shakes her head, puts her pen down and kind of rubs her temples. Looks across at the other two and she says, I, I I think the library will be closing soon. There's there's not a great deal we'll be able to do this evening, I, I suspect. And I, I 
I don't want any of us out alone in the dark. A- Anita, darling, maybe maybe you could cook us all dinner and we could reconvene and figure out what our next move is. Oh yeah, love. I've got some. Um, I've got a lovely a lovely ham that I was thinking of doing. That might be nice for the three of us. Like Grace, you'll you'll come, won't you? Uh, of course. We've uh, found something at least. Great. So we'll flash forward to Anita's kitchen. There is the warm smell of a ham cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting is warm. It's getting uh, well. It's it's summertime, so it's not dark outside, but it's that late afternoon light. You're uh, enjoying. I assume. I assume Anita's already pulled out some some bits of food oh, ready yeah. to there's, you know um, before the ham's even ready. You're practically full on snacks. There's Melba <laughs> toast with the pate. Of course. Um, of course. <laughs> and there's you know uh, yeah there's biscuits as well that she's put out some homemade biscuits. Nice. And just all, all sorts of random crap that she's found that she's put together. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> And which condition are you, would you like to clear with that fairly? Uh, I think a little rattled. A little or rattled. shaken, or whatever it is. Shaken, it. yeah. Just the act of being here with her friends, of Anita's cooking, which is always very comforting. And Anita, as well, I think, knows exactly what fairly likes, what her favourite things are, mm-hmm. and is maybe catering to them a bit. But also just having both of her friends there and maybe, you know, feeling a bit like they've got a plan and just talking about things that are maybe maybe trying to stray away briefly from the dark subjects that they've been talking about all day and just you know talking to grace about what birds she's seen recently as well just feeling a little bit more safe in her surroundings and comforted anita's telling them about the gossip about um melanie brown yeah, just uh, <laughs> having a little gossip as well. Yeah, yeah. gossiping over Anita's food is uh, real comforting. It's nice. It's comforting. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do anything else this evening, Grace? Are you heading back to your house? Um, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we encourage you to hang out. The sofa folds down into a bed. It's very comfortable. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a good idea to um, split up. At this time. True that. Yeah, I think definitely we, like, fairly would definitely be encouraging <laughs> Grace to stay. Cool. Uh, so you have you have your two clues so far. You have your nice ham. <laughs> and you have an evening, a little a little sleepover. Aww. That's nice. From pillows nice. round, suggesting a polycule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. Uh, sorry, I forgot... Um, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also during that time, I forgot about my crown, uh, my previous crown. Oh, no. Um, I think whilst Fairly is pouring water, glasses of water for everyone, um, it's been a warm day. So water before they have, you know, Gin. dinner is just nice, cool glasses of water. But for a moment when she turns the tap on, just to make sure it's running cold and turns away from the corner of her eye for a second it looks like it's running dark mm. not even blood red but black Okay. when she turns back it's just clear water you are reminded of how dark the water gets in the depths of the ocean uh-huh. okay um, you head to bed do you you sleep well it's been a busy you're old you're old people um, oh, pooped. I uh, how many times up in the night do you all go for a pee? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eighty many, eighty million constant, times. Like, see you in the morning, and then like two hours later. Oh, hello. And then hello. passing each other. Yeah, hello. absolutely. Uh, this is how I live life now. You're telling me it's going to get worse when I get older because at some point I'm just going to have to give up sleeping. <laughs> yes, that is what we're telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight and uh, the road is calm. Overall, upon sea is quiet. You can hear almost nothing, no traffic. Who might be awake at this moment, do you think? I think that this the sofa bed was yes. not uh-huh. as comfortable as, <laughs> as advertised. Always. Um, as always. Such is the yeah. way of things. Uh-huh. But even, even if it was like a luxury bed, I think sleep would still be elusive in yeah. these circumstances. Grace, you hear the sound of glass smashing in the kitchen. Oh. Uh, I, I startle upwards and look. Uh, where is the living room in relation to the kitchen, Helen? Um, it's right next door. 
literally right next door. You, you walk from the living room into the kitchen of, diner sort of scenario. I stare at the closed door between these two rooms in silence before slowly and maybe foolishly going to see what just Ooh. happened. You walk into the kitchen. It's a clear night, so there is moonlight pouring in through the window. It's an almost full moon. You think it's maybe one slither away. And in the bright blue-white light of the moon, a figure stands in the kitchen. It's a person maybe maybe six and a half feet tall. They are lit from behind, but you can see that they have a large bird on their shoulder and you recognize this. This is a cormorant, of course. <laughs> their head is cocked to the side to fit the massive bird on their shoulder and the light glints off their face and you can see that their eyes are two hollow dark sockets. And in the bird's mouth, an eye dangles from a viscous thread. And in a lilting voice, it says, She will rise and feast again. And the creature is going to lunge towards you, Grace. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Grace! No, stay safe, Grace. You've been listening to Roll Plus Heart. Today's episode was the fifth part of our campaign of Brindlewood Bay, a game by Jason Cordova. Your GM was me, Jen Blundell, and your players were Bex Watson as Fairly Weaver, Helen Gaffney as Anita Theakston, and Sarah Keep as Grace Tamblin. Our theme music was composed by David Shaw, and it was mixed and mastered by Mark Anderson. And I'd like to give an extra special shout out to my wonderful sister, Kathleen Blundell, for working with me on the folk song that you heard. I wrote the lyrics and she brought the rest to life herself. She is a wonderful, talented actor, musician, and all-round artiste. If you want to hear more from her, you can follow her on Instagram at Kathleen.Blundell. That's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N dot Blundell. And a bonus thank you goes to her wonderful husband, Kay Stania, for providing extra vocals. Kay, I did not realise you could hit notes that low. Hot damn. So once again, an extra special thank you to Kathleen and Kay for working with me on that song. You brought it to life. It was better than I could possibly have hoped for. Thank you so much. And the podcast editing is by me and Helen Gaffney. If you would like to support the show, you can purchase some merch from us uh, from our store. That's at rollplusheart.co.uk forward slash store. We have prints, we have sticker sets, and we have wonderful wooden pin badges. If you would like to support us on a monthly basis, we have a Patreon to search for Roll Plus Heart. Our lowest tier is just £1 a month. That gets you access to all bonus audio content. At higher tiers, you also get merch that is fulfilled every three months. Our bonus audio content includes interviews, talkbacks, exclusive campaigns, one-shots with guest stars, loads of fun things. It's um, There's some great stuff on there. really is very good, uh, if I do say so myself. I've had a fun time making it. You can contact us via social media on Twitter at RollPlusHeart. I'm on there at Jen Blundell. Sarah's on there at Penguin Panic. And Bex is on there at Starling underscore Dust. If you would like to hear more from us, me and Sarah are on the actual play podcast Quest Fantastic about a bunch of retired adventurers who come out of retirement to rescue an old friend. It's a currently a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. We'll probably switch to a different system in the future. We're having a great time. It's a very fun, silly vibes kind of game. Go If you enjoy the energy of this show, you'll probably enjoy the energy of Quest Fantastic too. So go check that out. I also do a film review podcast called Jen and the Film Critic, um, where my good friend Paul Salt, who is a film critic, reviews the latest cinema releases and i listen and enjoy it for i never make it to the cinema and if you would like more from bex they have a ko-fi that's ko-fi.com forward slash starling dust starling like the bird dust like the stuff under your bed clean your room on that you can support you can just donate to support a wonderful artist and human being or you can purchase things like beautiful prints and then you can put them on your wall and look at them and have your tiny heart filled with joy from art and if you would like to hear more from helen well i'm afraid you you can't i have trapped her in a pokeball um she's my helen now i found her ranging in the wild and i battled her with my pikachu and i have caught her and now she is mine and i have her in my pokeball and i carry her around on my waist and when i let her out she goes helen helen and it's fun and i make her fight people one day we're gonna go to a gym and get some badges i love my helen 
She's my favourite poker Helen. Our next episode will be out on Wednesday the 19th of July, and that will be part six of our campaign of Brindlewood Bay. Until then, beware the moors of Bovril Bay! Now. Whoa, now, now. Pickle. <laughs> uh, I am now recording. I am now recording. Sarah, did you did you sing that to the tune of Yes, yes I did. <laughs> that Hillary Duff film. Oh no. Hey now, hey now. No, no, no. It this was, is it what was, Jane It was the other song. This is hey now. Hey now, hey now. That's it's over. That one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that might yeah, be. Yeah, it's always one. gonna be okay, it's that's... always gonna be that over Hillary Duff. That's way more Big normal. Big How I Met Your Father fan over there, are you okay. <laughs> Listen, I watched a lot of those films. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. A Cinderella story is just it, you know? I mean, it has got Jennifer Coolidge in it, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. That's a good I'll Jennifer anything Coolidge. anything with Jennifer Coolidge. It was decent, yeah. yeah. It was good. So, I was oh trying to think say, say the gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> now, why haven't it. you why Don't haven't put you this as a character <laughs> in Jennifer Coolidge's voice is my because question. It's, it's the Kira Knightley problem. You remember when I did Kira Knightley and I had to do like you know, this broke your mouth. the entire time. Jennifer Coolidge, you you really have to like do this the entire time. And it's tough, you know. Well, she so. does it all the entire time. So. Yeah, that's her entire life. Yeah, but I think life. that's just how her face is. <laughs> For me, it's like, it's quite tiring on the jaw to... To be doing this all the time. Also, it is a it's a very not, convincing uh, impression. It's fair, really like. not that good. <laughs> it's uh, the good. bar, the standard yeah. for this podcast doesn't have to be very high for you to be doing it as an accent. <laughs> Next time that you are, <laughs> in which case, GMing. I, I, yeah, I do feel an like, NPC I feel like an NPC. Jeff, I call her NPC. Just a little one. Just a scooch. No.